Thank you for listening to a message from the Oak Haven Church. The following sermon was recorded during our Sunday morning worship service. We hope that this message will be helpful to you and encourage you to explore the Word of God. And now, this week's message. Our reading today is from the Gospel according to Luke. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. I've stopped being amazed, but continue to give God glory for the way the Spirit lines things up in terms of uh, uh, reunion and homecoming and the theme of Jesus seeking us out and restoring us. And, uh, it's been a wonderful time of, of worship, and I, I just want to begin by adding my my words of thanks for all the efforts that so many people put into last week. It was really was a wonderful time, and uh, and there was there were hours spent over hot stoves and ch and chopping and cutting things. And so thank you for all of that. It really was a wonderful time. Of course, in our time together up here, we we uh, embraced uh, Jesus' uh, parable of the sower. Uh, we won't go into detail about that. Uh, that's uh, there online if you, if you want to. Walk through that with us if you haven't. If you know what I'm talking about, there are seeds and love notes on the back shelf. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, watch the video from last week and come back to church next week and they will be meaningful for you. Or take them as a pledge that you'll watch and, <laughs> watch and know what they're all about. But they're symbols, symbols of commitment. Now, speaking of commitment, one of the things we looked at last week is Jesus standing at an altar waiting for us. We established it's not an altar of sacrifice. This was a standard Hebrew altar of sacrifice. That's not, Jesus has taken care of that once for all. It's the altar where he wants to marry us. Remember where instead of his ring, he'll give us his righteousness, his ransoming sacrifice, and his resurrection. And so this, this gift of love, as we defined, we essentially defined the seed of the gospel in the first half of the story, and then unpacked the soils in the second half. And we won't, we won't go into detail about those, but we remember the hard path, we remember the rocky soil, the thorny soil, which is where a lot of us, including myself, tend to stray and live in the thorns, okay? Don't let them choke the light, uh, the life out of you. And then, of course, the good soil, where, where 
where our, our openness to the Spirit makes us good soil that brings forth, brings forth grain from the seed planted within and is, a, is something that God uses us in combination with his message to, uh, to grow, to grow the kingdom. Of course, Jesus uses, you know, he knows his audience. He, knows, he uses seeds, uses the, the metaphor of seed eight times. In his uh, eight times in his teaching, in his parables. Uh, there's the sower, he uses the mustard seed twice, uh, and three times if you count in Luke 17. You know, you've got the if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move this mountains. Uh, well, in, uh, in Luke 17, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can move a mulberry tree. So maybe that's the training program, you do that season one, and then, then you can move mountains uh, season two. Um, there's the seed, the sowing the seeds of wheat and tares, the weeds. Uh, there's a mention of seeds in the talents, uh, that the master is someone who, who harvests where he has not sown. And, um, and then there's the mystery of growth, of how a seed grows um, just in the nature of, of how it works in Mark 26. These are all scattered in the three synoptics, you know, the the ones we see together, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John only has a single mention of seed, and that's this significant one where Jesus refers to himself obliquely. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds, referring both to himself and to us. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for my sake will save it. And then finally, Paul will refer to to this as a seed sown in the ground in 1 Corinthians 15, that our bodies are sown as, as our corpses are laid under the earth as seeds that will erupt in glory in resurrection. So Paul, uh, Paul uses that as well. So, um, so we're going to set seeds aside. We, honestly, we could talk the rest of the year just about all those seeds, seed protocols, but instead we're going to step into these wonderful parables in Luke 15. But before we do this, let's pray. Lord, we thank you that there is a richness to the world around us that you have woven into the fabric of the universe that everywhere we turn, we see your love and, and hear your lessons. We pray your blessing on us now as we, as we seek to understand uh, these stories you told Jesus so long ago, but are as fresh, fresh as a daisy. Bless us in this time of study. Spirit, pour out your gift of teaching and preaching on me. Open my heart, open all our hearts to your movement, Spirit. Help, open our ears to your whispers. You know, each of us and where we are on our journey with you, bless this time to take us deeper in that journey and further into your arms. To your glory, hear my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So here in Luke 15, we have three searches. We're not going to look at the last one because we looked at it this time last year sometime, the parable of the lost sons, the prodigal son story, uh, Luke 15. Uh, Luke 15, I I think... uh, is the core of the gospel in many ways. Uh, these two crescendoing to the, to the lost son as the quintessential story of the gospel in parable, parallel, 
parable form, although these three parables are parallel in Luke 15. There we go. <laughs> Let's just stop there and call it a day. Um, so we've got these two searches, one for sheep, one for a coin, and, uh, and the other for the valuable son uh, at, the, uh, at the end of the chapter. So let's look at these first two. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So before we go further, let's just think about that focus on tax collectors and sinners. Because that turns out they are the lens for the rest of the story. The Pharisees look at these tax collectors and sinners as someone to not associate with, as someone to keep at a distance, as someone to not be corrupted by or tarnished by. And Jesus is doing the exact opposite thing. He is not uh, branding the tax collectors and sinners as a threat and casting them aside like the religious leaders are. Jesus is eating with them. He's not just talking with them, not just rubbing elbows and sharing the same space. He is laying down on the floor, reclining at a table right next to them, eating with them. This is a significant symbol of acceptance, of recognition, and affirmation of their value of these people, recognition of the value of these people that religious, the religious leaders would have kept at arm's length. Jesus metaphorically wraps his arms around them. He considers them. He considers the tax collectors, and the sinners as more valuable than the religious leaders. He turns his back on them in favor of lying down at the table with the tax collectors and the sinners. So much so that in the hearing of these uh, religious leaders, he tells three, um, uh, three parables, three parables, Parables. I'm going to say parallel every time today, aren't I? Three parables to underscore his love for those that they have rejected and dismissed. Hear this parable, hear this parable through that lens of the sinners that the religious people rejected being welcomed with open arms by Jesus. And think about life today and who is held at arm's length and who we are being called to embrace and search for. Because the theme of the day, and I can't take credit for it, I'm stealing it from Bill Hybels, we never lock eyes with any person who does not merit an all-out search. Because that's who God is. And that's who, call, he God's, who God calls us to be. So then Jesus tells them this parable, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 and in the open country and go after the lost sheep 
until he finds it. Until he finds it. How long does the search last? As long as it has to, because he searches until he finds it. His love never get, your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. He never stops the search until it is finished in finding. Um, there's no discussion of, of, well, you know, I've got 99, you know, you lose one, that's only a 1% loss. I mean, if that's the price of doing business, you know, I'm ahead of the game. There's none of that. There's no, you win some, you lose some. There's no, I've, look, at, I've, got, I've got plenty of people in this community. I don't need another one. None of that. Because everyone matters. There is not a person on earth who doesn't merit an all-out search. There is not a person on earth who doesn't merit an all-out search. Will you say that with me? There is not a person on earth who doesn't merit an all-out search. Amen. And so Jesus continues to make sure we get it, because when he finds this sheep, he's, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. That theme of joy, obviously, is recurrent in this, and we're going to get to that. But Jesus puts this sheep on his shoulders. Think of that sheep for a moment. Right, you've been off on your own, wandering. I mean, sheep are notoriously uh, foolish, uh, which is why oftentimes we are sheep in these parables. Um, but, uh, and there's lots of sheep stories in, in the New Testament because of it. But okay, let's, let's anthropomorphize the, the sheep or sheepize ourselves. Uh, so was, you think he's, uh, he or she is... Um, is a little clueless or kind of freaked out at, at being gone a long time? Does it realize the danger it's in? It knows it's alone. Okay. Lost, might not recognize the danger we're in, but know that we're not connected, know that we're alone. There's so much, if you just start thinking about the state of the sheep, if I can put it that way, there's so many parallels to, to our own lives, either now or in the past. It's likely the sheep is out there and he hears the sound of the voice of the shepherd. Jesus talks about being a shepherd in John 10. Remember that? And the voice of the shepherd. Likely the sheep hears the sound of his voice calling in the distance. Uh, just the way the story tells, he sees time. I bet the sheep is, is tired, it's weary is anxious, and then the strong hands of the carpenter wrap around it and pick it up and put it on his shoulders in, in, a, in a complete restoration of relationship, in a complete removal of fatigue and anxiety. He puts it on his shoulders joyfully. There's no... There's no, do you realize how long I've been looking for you? I mean, there's no scolding. The, really, think about that. We would scold. Do you realize how, you know, he joyfully puts this on his shoulders and just ha have that feeling of, of being wrapped around Jesus and on his shoulders and just physically try and put yourself there. 
Think of, think of that trip back, just the two of them, Jesus rejoicing that he has this, this sheep back. And think of that sense of being carried by the shepherd. And try and imagine that. Actually, that's, that's an image to work on this week in your quiet times. So then, of course, he then throws a party. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, there is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons looking at the re religious leaders in the eyes who do not need to repent. So he throws a party in, every th in all three of these parables. Big party at the end of the prodigal son, big party at the, at the end of finding the sheep and the coin. Don't forget the lostness. The sheep represents a sinner at outcast level in the eyes of the religious leaders. Jesus has just gone after the person rejected by the leaders and gone as far and as long as necessary to bring that beloved person back into the fold. Whereas it seems these leaders would not only let it go, but would prefer that it remain lost. Jesus does everything he can to, to, come, to bring it back. And the sheep has strayed. It has a, feel, has a feeling that it's, been gone, it's gone far and it's been gone a long time. And if there's one thing I, I, I wish I had known earlier... If there's one thing I want to pass on to the next gen to our next generation and so on, it's it's this. It, do it doesn't matter how far you've gone. It doesn't matter how far you've strayed. It doesn't matter what you've done or or how you might have neglected him. He is he is pursuing you and will bring you back, will put you on his shoulders and rejoice over you. Uh, which is also underscored, just to make sure we don't get it, here's the same story with a different cast, okay? And first I want to unpack this image. I don't know if you can see it very well, but this is a relief. It's an artistic three-dimensional carving uh, and then painted with gold and other things uh, of the woman doing her search. See, she's got the broom there. Uh, there's a candle up there, and uh, she's turning over uh, the rug there on the left side. This is in a church in Switzerland that was built in 1767 at the Cathedral of St. Galen. And this is over uh, a confessional in this Catholic church, which um, has a great deal of meaning and symbolism in terms of God searching out the lost and being reconciled with them. So I just wanted to, wanted to make sure that there was... It, it's kind of hard to tell what that is, and, but that's what it is, and so there is, is meaning behind it. So let's, let's look at that uh, quick account. Suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finishes it? So this, uh, this 
Think, think of the effort that's described here. The shepherd just went out and looked. Here she is lighting a lamp, sweeping the house, searching carefully, making clear that every effort that is possible is being done in order to find this thing of value. Using a silver coin, the, the intrinsic value in something precious is us. We are what is precious. We are what has, we are, we have intrinsic value in the eyes of Jesus, so much so that he will go to the greatest lengths available to him, which means everything. He will do everything he can in order to restore us. Uh, and she, and the, the urgency that she has in this, think about it. Um, it's, it's not like, if, it's, if she can't find it, it's not like it's going to go somewhere in the morning. This is not a sheep with legs. It's a coin that's lying somewhere, and it's going to be there in the morning. But instead, she gets up. There is a sense of urgency about finding this lost coin. That so much so that she gets up in the middle of the night and lights the lamp. Instead of saying, I'll get around to it, it'll be there. She's, no, I must search now. This person is more valuable than waiting. She looks for carefully, and once again, she looks until she finds it. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. There is not a threshold of too much search. There is not a threshold of too much search. Jesus doesn't give up and say, I've done this and look how much I've done and they're not listening and my resources are better spent elsewhere. That is not the Lord we serve. That is not who we are to be ourselves. That there is not a person on earth that does not merit a full-out, all-out search. And so this story ends like the rest, a party. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I've found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And I, I tried to find no one, you know, if there's any artist listening to this, you know, we could use a great painting of what is described here at the end of these stories in Luke, of the rejoicing in heaven, the angels rejoicing. The only stuff I could find online was just really cheesy, so I went with humans jumping in the air to, to, uh, to show God celebrating uh, the return of his beloved child. And so, so, so give that a try. And, let me know when you've done it. Or anybody here, I don't, I don't know if we have. Uh, but, but once again, to make sure we get it, God retells this story three different times with three different casts with the same message every time so we understand how deeply he cares about every one of his children. That he will move heaven and earth and pursue them for as long as it takes. And we are called to be like him, not like the religious leaders that will hold the sinners at arm's length and say, you shouldn't do that and stay away from me. Instead, he pursues them with love. Instead, he lies down next to them at the table and accepts and, and, and embraces and values and affirms them in being worth 
his presence, being worth his every effort to find them. And so, just as we were both things in last week's, we were, we were sowers and we were soil, we are sheep and coins, but we are also shepherds. We are the vehicles, we are the ambassadors of the Lord in seeking out those who have been lost, but we are also astray ourselves and need to let him put us back on his shoulders and bring us back home from time to time. He has sought us and bought us and guided our ways. This great shepherd who wants us all, and there is no one he is not seeking. You might feel like he's not seeking you right now, but he is. You might feel like you're not even on his radar, but you have never dropped off it, and you never will. I will tell you, the world and the enemy wants us to feel like God is not here. Oh, it was years ago, the God is dead movement and all that. But once again, reality is not established by my emotions. Thank God. Reality is established by God and what he says. And right here in two of the simplest stories ever told in the scriptures is an affirmation that you matter so deeply to him that he will do all it takes, go as far as is required to get you back because he is crazy about every one of us. Pray with me, please. Lord, we thank you for this, for this message of grace and hope, of mercy, of, of your incredible love for us. Of course we don't deserve it, but, but you love us because of who we are as created in, your, created in your image as sons and daughters of the King, as, as brothers and sisters of the risen Lord. Bless us to, to, to let you call us back home, if that's what we need. Bless us to to turn and return with you. Bless us to, call, to, to crawl back up on top of your shoulders and let you carry us. Bless us also to serve as your ambassadors. Fill us, Spirit, anoint us, nudge us, use us. To your glory, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, would you stand with me? Our benediction today is from Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And the people said, Amen. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Oak Haven Church. We're located at 2175 Witzel Avenue in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. To hear previous podcasts, visit our website at oakhavenchurch.net.